Hey guys, another episode of Vikings Happy Hour this week. Kevin O'Connell is official. Uh, Deshaun Watson's team. And we're fresh off the Super Bowl, so I want to kind of talk about that as well. So grab your drink and join us this week for a, a fun show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson. You can find me over on Twitter at Matt Anderson underscore eight. Uh, co-host Ryan is not here yet. He's on his way. So when he when he finally arrives, we'll, we'll get him introduced uh, and see what he's drinking tonight. But Dave is, is filling the void. Uh, we've had a, a carousel of guests um, kind of swapping around. It was supposed to be Will this week. He had a scheduling conflict. Supposed to be Matthew Collar filling in for Will, another scheduling conflict, and Jerry you know, we just for Matthew. Yeah, you just got to roll with the punches, and and we will for sure get uh, Matthew Collar back on. But uh, Dave is is gracious enough to to come out from behind the curtain on this this Wednesday evening. I know he's I know he's fine with it because uh, he gets to drink on on air. So Dave, Dave, what do you have drink tonight, by air. the way? I, I, <laughs> um, I, I'm drinking, uh, the old Barton bourbon with some, uh, mm. diet Dr. Pepper. Okay. My, okay. my nice. standby. Want to say, I, uh, Hey, to everybody here, before we get into talking about, uh, Kevin O'Connell and, uh, Deshaun Watson, I just want to thank everybody for coming and joining and watching watching us tonight. Ryan's Absolutely. slowly getting back to his computer. Hopefully he will be with us shortly. Yeah. And we got plenty of time, right? Uh I, I think we're we're kind of at a standstill for the Vikings offseason, right? We're, we've we've been waiting uh for this Kevin O'Connell news to to become official. I know that there was uh some panic yesterday out on Twitter amongst some fans thinking that are the Vikings going to lose out <laughs> on Kevin O'Connell? Uh, and so I'm, I'm glad to see that, that people they're being eased now. Kevin O'Connell's official people came out and kind of squashed that chaos. So that's good. Um, Ryan, welcome. Welcome to the show. Apologies, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I no uh, was Brandon and I were playing a little Fortnite, uh, having some father son time, and I totally lost track of time. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're you are a okay. Uh, we can we can always kind of fill the void until you get here. What are you drinking tonight? I heard you. I heard you kind you of know, pop something there. Yeah, I'm trying to open up the the bottle here. It's a brand new bottle of the Basil Hayden Toast. Uh, it's kind of one of my favorite bourbons. It's a little smokier than most bourbons, um, and I, th- I think they age it in some sort of maybe like I forget some sort of uh, smoked barrel, so it gives it a little okay. smokier taste than a regular Basil Hayden. And uh, very very good, actually. Uh, Crockett, who you met, and Antonio. Yeah. Um, now when, when they came down for the Seahawks game, uh, uh, Antonio actually brought me one. It was brand new at the time and it was so good. We finished it that weekend and I, uh, finally found another bottle at total wine just a couple weeks ago and finally opened her up. So yeah, well, there you go. Delicious. I'm glad you're popping out on this show. And I uh, saved my best stuff for this show. That's awesome. <laughs> I uh, I was telling Dave right before you hopped on, we're kind of at a standstill right now for Vikings offseason. Uh, we, we've kind of anticipated the Kevin O'Connell news coming in, uh, and, and Vikings Twitter kind of freaked out a little bit yesterday, I heard. And uh, so that's official as of this afternoon, press conference tomorrow, 4 o'clock uh, Central Time. You can find it on Twitter for the Vikings website. Uh, you can also find it on Fox 9. I think they're going to be streaming it as well. So, I mean, until he kind of gets in the building, um, yeah, we don't we don't have a whole lot. But we were gifted something early this morning uh, from ESPN. And I do want to get your takes on it. And uh, the elephant in the room is obviously, Desh- it, first off, it's Deshaun Watson. He allegedly... Uh, 
isn't interested or intrigued at the thought of coming to Minnesota. He's evaluating his options. Um, so we can talk about this uh, briefly, and I just kind of want to get your opinion on it. But the elephant in the room, right, is is the sexual assault allegations that is currently ongoing. That is not resolved. In fact, I think he might even be settling on some of them. I don't know the whole details on the situation. So in reality, for me, immediate immediate no, just on that, that principle. But for the sake of the show, we'll play Madden for a second. Everybody's perfect off the field. Um, what would you think about Deshaun Watson being on the Minnesota Vikings? And there's an asterisk yeah, to it, uh, so I, I, everybody right, knows right, that yeah. you're, you're not condoning off the field behavior. Yeah. So prior to all of the allegations coming out, obviously there was uh, steam on Vikings Twitter about should we trade for him? Again, this is prior to all the allegations popping up. Should we trade for him? Should we? Uh, and this would have been for this season, for this last season. And I was I was all on board. I I think that he is a very talented young quarterback obviously you know people are going to point to his win-loss record or his playoff record um and and his sacks that he takes and things like that uh but just the dynamic player that he is i mean he did lead his team to a couple different playoff bursts um even took a huge lead the year that uh the the chiefs ended up winning the super bowl i mean the chiefs had to come back from like a 20 point deficit against Deshaun Watson's Texans to be able to win. You know, I think that was the, uh, to go to the AFC championship. Um, so on the field, great player. Um, of course, yes. Does he take unnecessary sacks because he's looking for the home run ball? Yes. Does he, um, is he mistake free? Absolutely not. But with his ability to run the ball, his ability to process the field, he doesn't have a cannon for an arm, but he's got enough to, to make it in the NFL. Um, I think that was definitely going to be a really, really solid opportunity to bring in. Now, with all of these allegations, it's obviously a hard no. I mean, you can't take a chance, even if he does get acquitted of all charges, right, or of of um, uh, all of this. It, it, it's a it's a black eye on him as in general. And granted, I'm sure there will be a team that gives him an opportunity, and that's their right. Um, we've already gone through enough as a fan base as an organization through some very controversial things that we've supported the player and not supported the player. Jeff Gladney is uh, the most recent example, but we had the Adrian Peterson situation. Uh, we've had um, the love boat scandal um, and a, a multitude of other different things. I'm sure that I'm forgetting about right now, but we're starting fresh. We have Quasi in um, in house to build a culture that hopefully will prevent players from doing this type of stuff, right? Uh, being the shining example, hopefully, of the league in terms of at least culture. I mean, obviously, we want it to be on yeah. the field as well. But from a culture perspective, we want to lead the way in that as well. Um, I think that's important for the Wilfs. I think that's important for Quasey. Um, So I, I just can't see the move uh, being made, even if he is interested. Well, you talk about like a like a black eye, right? Like if, if if Deshaun Watson, we don't need like the 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 parade that not the parades, the charades, whatever of Deshaun Watson coming to town. But you you bring up another good point. You know, it's right now the Vikings are trying to change the culture, right? Of of the Zimmer Spielman era era, and um, I, I think that making a move like this. Uh, in the midst of everything still, right? Like n- nothing has been cleared. I just saw a comment for Raymond. Uh, what if he's innocent and did not do those things, due process? Sure. But at the current moment today, that's not how it is. Uh, um, you know, these are legit allegations against him. And if you're coming in to change the culture with Quasi and Kevin O'Connell, this is just not the move you make. It's just not. You're not... There's a lot of different things that they can do to make as a splash play, right? They can trade Kirk Cousins. They can draft a rookie quarterback, trade up for a rookie. Like, there's things they can do. This is probably not the route that they want to risk 
you know, the start of their tenure here in Minnesota on. Um, so right. Dave, and, and, any- and have there, have there been players and sorry, Dave, I'll give you, I'll give you your time here. Um, have there been players who have survived these type of allegations? Mm-hmm. I mean, one just retired this year and has gotten applause upon applause throughout his career for how good of a quarterback he is. That's Ben Roethlisberger, right? Yeah. Um, so, so there, you can survive this. And sure, do we want to take that risk? Um, sure, and, and that's fine. If the, that's what the Wills end up doing, that's fine. They will lose fans. There, I mean, it's just it's inevitable. We're we're in a different time than what was uh, all of Roethlisberger's allegations in 06, 07, something like that. It's a yeah. very different time now. So uh, I, I, I have a harder time uh, believing that uh, Watson can really recover from this unless all the girls basically come out and say, we are lying, this is a money grab, which obviously they're not going to do. So go ahead, Dave. I know you had some comments on this that were going to be interesting. First off, Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in the league when he's playing. Those are rare, right? He is a winning quarterback. There is appeal in that and the fact that if he comes and he can wins with Minnesota, a lot of that stuff goes away in the minds of fans because fans want a winning team. We haven't won in so long. We want winnings. However, there is the baggage. The baggage of the 20-plus lawsuits, the complaints, they are right now in civil proceedings. They, Deshaun Watson hasn't even been interviewed, I think it's by the NFL, until he wasn't allowed to until the Super Bowl was over. So that hasn't even happened. All this stuff has to play out. By the time it plays out, the Vikings will have made a decision already. Uh, they can't wait. No teams can wait. It's the other one that was mentioned in the story is the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, they were sort of running into the same situation. If Brady retires, they've got to make a decision to move on. But what happens if Brady gets like Brett Favre and gets into August and goes, I want to play, right? (laughs) And there's no room to take it. You're not going to say no. Right? There's... It's the Vikings have to make a decision early now, but prior to the draft about Kirk Cousins. Are they going to play with Kirk Cousins? Are they not? Are they going to go for a trade? What are they going to do? Right now, if they want to say, and a lot of this, I'm sure Jeremy Fowler got from Deshaun's agent. Right, there's feelers out there, and people are open up for business, as was said earlier today. There's hey, my guy wants to play, we think he's going to play. Well, you've got to do all the civil stuff, and then once the civil stuff is done, the NFL is going to come down. And even without a conviction, they can say we're suspending you, right? And if they suspend him for four games, so be it. Um, Nick, I'm not discounting wanting somebody with all that baggage. I'm just saying, talent-wise, he is one of the best quarterbacks in this league. That may be appealing. Now, the other thing that comes into play is his cost. Deshaun Watson's on his second contract. He's on his extension, right? We know Kirk Cousins is going to cost us $45 million this year unless we trade or extend him. And if we extend him, some of that gets pushed down, but eventually you're paying for it. That's the whole idea of the sit rep earlier in the week. You're paying for it. It's just now, are you paying for it now or are you paying for it later? But you're paying for it. And then uh, if you trade him, we're paying the 10 mil that we pushed down to now on the road, and he's going to cost somebody else $35 million. Deshaun Watson right now going into 2022 is guaranteed by the Texans $35 million in salary. Whether he plays it down or not, they owe him $35 million. Um, his cap number for this season will be 42-4, right? So that's not a whole lot less than Kirk Cousins. It still puts the Vikings in a bind if they decide to go that route. And we know we don't 
all of us have been proponents. No, let's free up some cash so we can start building the team up again into a winner. Now, his salary goes down over the next two years to 37-4 and 32, um, which is reasonable. It's And especially for the quality of quarterback you're getting, if he didn't have that baggage. And that whole baggage thing is what makes, as much as I'd love to see him play in purple, and I'm the one that did the, the artwork there, I put him in number one because number four is taken up by Dalvin Cook this season. Um, <laughs> as much as I'd like to see that, I don't want the baggage with it because it's going to be a circus. Um, and it does not do anything in the way of financial freeing up of money so that we can build the team into a perennial contender. You can't sure. do that. We're taking that much, but that much chunk of the cap just for one player. And especially knowing that he will be suspended for probably at least four games if you did. So I'm a no on it. I find it, I find it interesting. I think it's all driven from his camp trying to generate interest around the league and Jeremy Fowler for ESPN to generate clicks and us putting it, you know, as the theme of tonight to generate clicks. Cause we want you guys to watch. Right. But, uh, and, and I agree I, with I don't you, see Dave. It it, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. I mean, obviously a top five quarterback, anytime you have a chance to get someone like that, you got to jump at it. Um, well, it's unless Steve there's extenuating circumstances. Not this kind of baggage. <laughs> Not this kind of baggage. I mean, and, and even this year, I guess he did pop up with some baggage, right? Like this right. whole uh, domestic assault stuff. But um, it's a little easier to stomach that when it's uh, in your own team already. You, um, it's one individual saying something versus 20 or whatever it is that that, that, that number got up to. So. Um, but on a, on a more interesting or positive note, if we're going to keep talking quarterbacks here, Matt, I, I know we have a, an agenda that we should probably stick to, but obviously there is no, some no, no, steam no. over the last. We don't have much. <laughs> yeah. I do want to yeah. answer, so a... answer Doug's question right here. Doug asked, didn't he uh, say he had no interest in the Vikings a while back? Yes, that's exactly what he said, supposedly, or was yeah. reported, Doug. But what has changed between now and then? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. <laughs> new head coach. New whole, you know, front office. Things have changed. And mm-hmm. and like I said, I think a lot of it is his agent trying to drive, you know, a market. So yeah. that that's why the interest is now there. Ryan, I I, I didn't have it in the uh the show notes, but I, I definitely see where you were going to go with it. So I'll play along with it, right? Uh, the the Kyler Murray Arizona Cardinals uh, falling out potentially. They they both have unfollowed each other on Instagram. Uh, I know Kyler removed a lot of Arizona Cardinals stuff. Uh, it's the off season. It's full of speculation, but you in particular have to be a a pretty happy Viking fan, right? Like. The head coach you didn't like, he's gone. Now you got a new one. Uh, and then the two quarterbacks potentially that could be coming to the team are Oklahoma uh, alum in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And Heisman so, winning Oklahoma quarterbacks. Heisman yeah. winning well, Oklahoma quarterbacks. Okay, okay. So, you know what? I will uh, I'll leave you with this prompt. Um there's a lot of characteristic issues we're hearing about Kyler Murray and even Baker Mayfield to a certain extent. Both. Are yes. you going to are you going to stand for him right now and, and try and make a pitch to Vikings Nation that we should go for them or I'll just let you have it. You do you. Tell, tell me about your well, I, your OU quarterbacks. Yeah, well, I try to focus more on the on-field production and 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 what they can bring to the team uh, from a leadership standpoint and again that's currently being assaulted right now from a Kyler Murray perspective. And even from a Mayfield perspective, I mean, with the whole OBJ drama that happened, um, 
I'd much rather have Kyler Murray than Baker. I mean, obviously you get a year of cost controlled quarterback longer, you know, one more year of cost controlled quarterback. Um, you get a more dynamic quarterback. Although again, you, we all saw what happened in the playoff game against the Rams. Um, it, it was, it was quite awful. Um, was that all Kyler? I, I'm not going to say it is. I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury really struggled in the second part of pretty much every year he's ever been a head coach. If you date back all the way to his college days, he's been awful in the second half of seasons every single year. So um, it, it's nothing new. I, I would be very happy for Kyler if he was able to get out of there um, or if they would have gotten a new head coach. So when it comes pertaining to the Vikings, right, you get – it's exactly what I was talking about with Baker a couple of weeks ago, where Baker would be a great addition in, in on our team, in my opinion, if we could get ca- draft capital back. It's not a situation. I'm not sitting here, Vikings fans. I'm not sitting here saying Baker Mayfield's better than Kirk Cousins. I don't think he is currently. I don't think he is as bad as he was this year. He played hurt all year, and that's going to happen. Uh, when you're playing hurt, you're playing with a really bad other shoulder, you're not going to play well, right? You're playing scared, you're playing timid, um, and, and, and and if your line's not playing as great as it typically has been for him the year prior, again, it's not working out that great. Um, but the situation for us would be great if we can offload Kirk's contract, get maybe some draft capital back, have a bridge quarterback – have a uh, and a player who's cheap, right? Eighteen million for a quarterback's relatively cheap, and then you could for see what he has because he has, yes. yeah, he had shown promise. I mean, you look at twenty twenty, the back half of twenty twenty season. You look at that playoff game against the Steelers and against the, the 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 Chiefs last year, and then you go and throw in the first two games this year before the injury. He was playing really, really, really well. Um, so. Could he get that back? I don't know. Maybe his confidence is shot. I have no idea. Where you look at Kyler Murray, you have a younger, way more dynamic player who has a rocket of an arm, who can scramble, who can create out of nothing. I mean, you've seen this guy make plays that your jaws drop to the ground. At very worst, you have a lot of fun at the quarterback play. At very worst. You have yeah. a younger player. Uh, you have, and it, it just it would make a lot of sense if the opportunity was there. I don't know what that would cost. I think the cost that that situation goes opposite, right? So the Baker situation, we likely get draft capital back. In the Kyler situation, we're giving up Kirk if they would take him, plus draft capital to take on a Kyler Murray. So are we? Yeah. And, and then you're going to have to pay him in a year or two. And again, we're back in the that's, situation. Where that's is where our, you where's our a bridge quarterback to 2023? Well, for Baker, yes, but for Kyler, you're, you're trading for Kyler oh, to be your future I have star, it. right? So, I have it. Yeah. Three team trade Kirk to San Fran, uh, Trey Lance to Arizona. Vikings give up a first as well, uh, and they can send that to, to Arizona. And then we get Kyler Murray. Everybody wins, I mean, right? Shanahan I mean, very, gets his guy. <laughs> yeah, I heard one we the other day where guy. Kirk goes to Kirk goes to Houston. Houston uh, Watson goes to Arizona, and Murray comes to us. But that's it's small it's people making up <laughs> making um, up trade scenarios. Well, speaking of making up trade scenarios, knockout time, which I don't think I, uh, I've seen knockout time in the chat before, so welcome to the show. Um, asking if we would take Russell Wilson for a third and fourth pick, if available. I'm assuming third and fourth rounder, in which case I'd be all over it. Um, and <laughs> uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins, this isn't the NBA, Matt. Yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think for a third and a fourth round pick, you'd you'd have to be interested in Kirk Cousins or for Russell Wilson. Sorry, I guess the whiskey's hitting me a little bit harder this evening. Well, I like, um, I like but what are you guys? Just, I like what Dan's thinking about trade Kirk Cousins to San Francisco, and we'll take Trey Lance and some. Well, they would do that, that too. I know they will. I like the thought. <laughs> but the, that's what makes the offseason fun, though, right? Because here we are, right? It's, it's kind of 
we're, we're hearing a lot of rumors. We just heard the other week still that uh, the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell still really want to work with Kirk Cousins, right? Like those rumors are still going. And so I want to pose also a question. And, and, his value. Yeah, and yeah, I said, who's saying that? And, and why are they saying that? Like it could be a- right. accurate, 100% accurate. It could be his agent trying to make us look like a-holes if we decide to trade him. Or it could be our side pumping up Kirk's trade value because we don't want to get rid of him. Yeah. It, but so here's what I want to ask you guys quick. So Dave already talked about it with Kirk Cousins' contract. It's not a matter of if, it's when you're going to pay that, right? If, if, he, if he has an extension, you're going to pay it down the road at some point, and it's this little cat-and-mouse game of extension, push the cap way out. Once we get to there, we'll deal with it, so on and so forth. It's perfect for Cousins, right, because he just gets con- continue to to make a boatload of money. But what I want to ask you is, in what we know about Kevin O'Connell and what we've kind of seen in his interviews, um, specifically one back from when he was with Washington, he says his ideal offense is, and Dave will love this, his ideal offense is to to have a, a you know a really strong, versatile offensive line, um, one that can kind of switch schemes, you know, depending on the the defensive front that they're facing. But the one thing that stood out to me, and this is why I'm I, I sort of am buying the Kirk Cousins Kevin O'Connell steam, is Kevin O'Connell's offenses. He has stated that all he wants is, or he wants his offenses to be um, very quarterback friendly, which a lot of the McVay coaching tree offenses are. But in in O'Connell's ideal offense, all the quarterback needs to do is distribute. Now, you can take that one of two ways. You can take that as, wow, Kirk would really succeed in that. Like, all you got to do is distribute. That sounds like a, a successful offense for Kirk Cousins to be in. Or you look at the other route. Well, if it's a quarterback-friendly offense, why not just pay somebody less to do the distributing, whether that's a rookie well, quarterback guard. I saw Gardner Minshew in the, in the comments here and so on and so forth. So yeah, cause everybody loves I'll let Minshew. you guys, I'll let you guys go with that. What, what I just said there, but uh, now I, I, I'm, I'm buying the Kirk Cousins staying in 2022 steam. But in O'Connell's offense, from what I gather, besides the whole idea of being able to show the same basic play and run a myriad of different options off of it, there's very much a large decision-making process that goes to the quarterbacks. And so he's got to be prepared for that. Is Kirk Cousins good? Hit me up, Steve. I'll buy it. That's what I'm not buying. Now, we got on here, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. We're not disputing that. Nobody here disputes that Kirk Cousins is not a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback. But does he have it? what it takes to go all the way? and? Is he worth the percentage of cap that the Vikings are paying him? That, because it is so large, it detracts from where the Vikings can build up on the rest of the team. And it makes it difficult, and he has to cover for that, and he has not demonstrated the ability to do such. That's why I think the Vikings are trying to raise his trade value and start fresh. It's a lot easier to build up a team, a competitive team, when you've got a quarterback on a first contract than it is to have a middling quarterback, and he ranked Kirk Cousins' is, you know, 10 to 15, 16, 17 range, middle of the pack, um, that makes so much money. Uh, you know, a rookie contract, even a first-rounder, Baker Mayfield, in this, what would be his fourth year, it's only going to make $18 million. A normal rookie contract starts out in the, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then slowly builds up. You have a lot but more ability to build a team that way. Are you intrigued at all, though? Like at, at, and it's like the, it's like the cliche, like boyfriend, girlfriend thing, like, oh, I can fix them kind of thing. But do you, are you intrigued at all at the thought of like what Kevin O'Connell could do with with Kirk Cousins or or just having an offensive minded head coach at all? 
Like there's not there's not any any scenario where you're like, well, you know, I could be convinced that maybe I would I would I would see what it does for a year. You know what I mean? Like there's I and watched, I'm gonna ask Ryan specifically. I watched him play in Washington. Because that's where I well, I lived in Virginia and watched the the Redskins were the local team, and I watched him play prior to him coming to Minnesota. He had Jay Gruden, he had Sean McVay, and he had Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. And he was no better. He gravitates to 500. And he had some good teams back then. I'm just playing host. I got to ask the devil. uh, uh, I'll shut up. You know, uh, Ryan, there's, there's, there's no intrigue at all as to what Kirk Cousins could do. Because... Playing devil's advocate here, uh, in every season that Kirk has been here, the <laughs> the uh, the flaws that we have pointed out, the fumbling, um, it, there's there's been extending of plays. He's improved on those things. Now he still he still does check it down occasionally, um, a lot actually, but. Devil's advocate, any intrigue at all? One to a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really appreciate the um, the the devil's advocate take here. I like to play devil's advocate a lot. I know you don't really believe what you're saying, which makes it funnier. <laughs> um, so he, here's the thing: is Kirk Cousins is what 34, 33, 34, something like that, right? Yeah, um, I think it'd be thirty four for the next season. He's thirty three right now. Yeah. Okay, sure. He is who he is, man. He, we've seen him with offensive-minded head coaches. I do, but like, like the change in your career in 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 the NFL quarterback's career happens from like rookie contract through like age twenty nine thirty, right? There you <laughs> go, like Joseph. Delicious. Yeah, you know, have to go. But you know, like. Um, that's when the change happens. Like that's when you improve. Now, when you're in your thirties, you rarely season to. You, you're, you're basically just like staying the course at this point. Like has has Aaron Rodgers improved much over the last eight years? I mean, he's won a couple MVPs, but he hasn't really improved. He stayed really good, right? You look at like Russell Wilson; he's hitting this age now as well, right? They're the same age or so. He's actually declining right now in quality of play right now. Like it's not going to get better from here on out. It'll either stay the same or it's going to get worse. Now, sure, having an offensive minded head coach, having a more quarterback friendly scheme, that might allow him to make less mistakes or put himself in a better position to make plays. But like uh, Dan Henneman and I think a bunch of people in the chat have said, he's a $45 million quarterback when we can bring in Mac Jones to do the exact same thing. And trust me, I'm not a Mac Jones guy. I did not like him in the draft, but you literally saw what a good quarterback friendly system can do to a quarterback, right? He had a pretty solid rookie year and he was able to distribute. He was able to manage that offense and get them to a playoff, right? I mean, that defense got them to the playoff, but like even Stafford to a certain extent, he was, he got put into this system, but Stafford's a better quarterback than Kirk only if because he's willing to take the risks. I mean, I, I'm sure all of us have watched that one play in the Super Bowl where he no look throws it over the middle to Cooper Cup on that last drive. Kirk Cousins checks that down to whoever ran that button hook. That, that's what he does. He's not going to try to make that throw, right? That's just I who mean, they are at this point. Devil, Devil's advocate here, uh, everybody was – you know, clamoring over Joey B and, and he was a little bit of a check down guy there at the end <laughs> in the Super Bowl. He was also, also playing us with a sprained MCL. So, but yeah, I mean, he didn't play great. Right. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that Burrow was like phenomenal in the Super Bowl, but he was really good getting them there. Kirk has not gotten up there. I've, uh, I've seen some comments in the chat about Matt Stafford. Um, which this is something I, I definitely wanted to get to. We're probably getting into it a little bit earlier. We're going to continue to talk about Kirk as long as he's a quarterback on this team. Um, who knows how long that is? It could be five years. It could be five weeks. It could be, you know, 
five hours, who knows? But uh, I want to talk to you guys about Matt Stafford because, as everyone knows, the LA Rams won the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, I I think I'm a little jaded at the end there because I feel like the refs finally felt like they needed to throw a bunch of flags, and it, it did kind of help the Rams, but. The Bengals still had an opportunity. Some, some so really weak calls. Some really weak calls there at the end. I I was very. Yeah. They held the flags in their pocket all game. Let it be a relatively physical game all game, and then all of a sudden you start throwing those relatively weak flags. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say they weren't absolutely, absolutely not holding calls or whatever, but mm-hmm. they let those plays happen all game until that until what it was third and eight or third and nine, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden they had to throw it. Like I was, I was a little yeah. annoyed. Um, so, so obviously being Viking fans, we've seen Matthew Stafford two times a year for the last 10 years. Like we know who he is. We know what kind of quarterback he is. We've seen him do these types of like no look throws against us, right? It, it, he just was on a bad team, but he won the Super Bowl, and now we kind of see things coming out that say, is he a hall of fame worthy quarterback and that's the discussion that I want to get into tonight is I feel like in Richard Sherman I I haven't listened to his podcast I don't know if he has covered it yet I know he was going to but I feel like we're getting very lenient on who we think should be in the Hall of Fame um we saw it a couple years ago with Julian Edelman, right? It's a lot of recency bias. Um, players have a good game in the Super Bowl. They win. They should be a Hall of Famer, right? That's just how it should be. We're seeing it with Stafford. So I wanted to get your guys' take on how you think the Hall of Fame is handling this right now. If you think, if you th- if you think the committee's doing a good job, obviously we don't know about current players because they haven't made it. But we've we, we're seeing guys like Jared Allen not get in right away, um, and, and some other good ones as well. So I want to just kind of get your take on the Hall of Fame, the eligibility for it. Are fans wrong in saying that Stafford should be a Hall of Fame quarterback? Um, and anything else you have related to that topic? Dave, why yeah, don't you I go mean, first? Because you, uh, sorry, Ryan. Dave, Dave's seen football a lot longer than us, so the Hall of Fame was intended for the elite of the elite, right? The best players in football, and there are some out there that there's no question. There, Aaron Donald, if he chooses to retire five years from now, is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was that good playing the game. Um, Randy Moss. Randy Moss changed the game, how the modern game was played, right? He is that good. He steps into that. There are quarterbacks. Over the last 10 years, we could always list the best quarterbacks in the league, and they were Brady, uh, Manning when he was in. Uh, You had uh, Drew Brees, right? And those were generally the top three that you know, no matter what, those guys are going in. Then you get into the second-tier guys, right? The Russell Wilson, maybe. Uh, Roethlisberger, maybe. Roethlisberger most likely will because he has two Super Bowls. Super Bowls matter when it comes to quarterback play. Uh, When you get down to Stafford, and then there's a whole bunch of other good ones that were around, but even with one win, do you get in? And the question is, are you elite of the elite? Yeah, you put up some volume numbers. But you weren't constantly leading the league. You weren't the ones everybody was talking about. Oh, shit. We got to play Manning this weekend. You know, um, type stuff. You weren't in that class. You were good, but you weren't in that class. And to me, the Hall of Fame should be that class, that numer- that best of the best. That's why it's sort of yep. this year's selection pissed me off because I thought Jared Allen was one of the best of the best when it came to defensive ends. And uh, but he th- didn't make but it I because they were going at- with a bunch of all people that had been missed over for a few years. 
But that's that's the tough thing about the Hall of Fame. And so I guess I answered my own question, but I do feel like the Hall of Fame committee is doing a good job, right? Like they're not buying into recency bias. They are no. sticking to their guns. They're picking General. the elite of the elite. Um, well, picking the elite I, of the elite is questionable, but they're I'm, getting most <laughs> of them. I'm not even going to get into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame uh, conversation. But, uh, Ryan, what do you think? Because, I mean, I mean, Jared yeah. Allen's a, the, the most recent Viking player we can probably think of outside of Randy Moss. But Randy Moss is no question a first ballot. But just your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I not everyone can be a first ballot, right? Like there's there's too many good players in this league that everyone can't be a first ballot, both, you know, new like now and in the past. And sure, did Jared Allen is Jared Allen better than some of those guys on that made it this year? Absolutely. Um I'm not I I, I don't think that um the Hall of Fame. I, I don't think the Hall of Fame ignored some of Jared Allen's problems that he had maybe off the field prior to becoming a Viking, and maybe that could be why he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, or you know, and, and that's possible. And it's and and we do know some voters take into account what happened off the field, and others disregard that and say no, it's purely what he did on the football field. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the, that's the hard part about the hall of fame, but to go back to just specifically the Stafford situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that and Richard Sherman tweeted this out, um, you know, how many all pros does he have? None. Right. Like, and sure is all pro um, incredibly difficult to get the only what two people do they do third team now? I can't remember. I, I get my basketball oh, and NFL. First team and second team. First team and second team. Thank okay. you, Joseph. So, I'm getting so, over it, though. <laughs> so only two quarterbacks get it per year, right? Well, when you're playing in an era with Brady, Rodgers, you know, early in your career, Manning, um, Drew Brees, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork, you have the Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watsons, as we talked about. Um, you know, there's some – Russell Wilson's. There's some really good quarterbacks in this league, right? So when you say, yeah, well, he won a Super Bowl and he has some good volume stats, well, yeah, he played for a really bad team that didn't win a lot of games in his career. He has, what, three playoff wins now or four playoff wins, I guess, uh, now uh, all in this one season. Um, Joe Flacco has that. Is Joe Flacco a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. Is Trent Dilfer a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. I mean, you could go down the list of some guys who have some Super Bowls who weren't that great of quarterbacks. Now, I'm not trying to put Stafford in that that conversation. Right? I think Stafford's better than those guys, but he he hasn't won an MVP. He hasn't really even been an MVP favorite or like in the MVP discussion, I should say. Um, even like Matt Ryan won an MVP, which I think Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman says, which proved that at least for one year, he was the best of the best and Stafford's never been close to that. So how should he get into the hall of fame? Because he was on a team that was traded every draft pick they had to bring in the best cornerback in the league. They homegrown the best receiver and D tackle in the league. They brought in a, Hall of, potential Hall of Fame edge rusher in Von Miller, right? And then they did a really good job of, uh, which I think is incredible. They drafted really well in those mid rounds to make up for the lack of draft picks in the early rounds, and, and they developed their team really, really well. Um, and then you have a coach who likely, I mean, if he keeps on his trajectory, he might make the Hall of Fame someday. Like he's what in his mid thirties. If he doesn't retire, if he doesn't retire early. He's in his yeah mid thirties. He is putting out a coaching tree where he's already having to play in the Super Bowl against his co- own coaches, right? Like yeah, that's why you know when you when you when you factor in a lot of that stuff. And granted, did Stafford had to make some plays in that game? Did he make that no look pass? Did he make the final pass? Did he do so without having his two of his top three uh, receivers in for most of that game and essentially no run game in the whole game? Yeah, I mean he he balled out and 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 the defense played well too. Um I but for me I and I don't, you know, I don't really care if you play for, you know, the Lions or you play for, you know, the 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 Patriots, you have to be considered the best. Uh knockout time brings up a good point. Eli, Eli. Manning. People are 
people are already like that's already a split discussion and he has two he he beat well his defense but he beat the arguably the greatest team yeah arguably the greatest team that we've ever seen arguably and he beat them in the Super Bowl, which again, that's a one game thing. And it was a run to get there. I mean, they were the sixth seed or whatever. Uh, and then he did it again a couple of years later. But a lot of people don't think he's a Super Bowl worthy quarterback or uh, sorry, a Hall of Fame worthy quarterback. And I mean, if you ask me, I think Eli is more deserving than Stafford. I know he didn't put up the stats, but he won two Super Bowls and beat two of the some of the best teams. He beat Tom Brady twice, who is the greatest of all time. And did Eli ever win an MVP? He, uh, I think he was Super Bowl MVP, but never an MVP of the league. No, but again, that's, this goes back the to the too, argument right? for Stafford. Mm-hmm. That, you, that goes against the argument with Stafford. Is like you're you're playing again. You're 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 competing for all these accolades, all pros and MVPs. Those are the ones that really matter. Pro Bowls a joke nowadays, right? It's a joke, but it and does. It, it factors it's in, but it's a joke. Like, yeah. Like Teddy Bridgewater may, went to the Pro Bowl that one year, right? After throwing like, but with Stafford, right? I like, think Ole's only gone to four. I think Kirk Cousins has gone to four. Um, I'm right. just trying to remember those numbers off the top of my head. But if you look at Brady, Rogers, Breeze, those guys they're were all elected going. every year. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but and I know it's hard to be able to get an All Pro. It's hard to get an MVP because only one MVP in the league. Only two All-Pro quarterbacks. However, the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame. It's not a participation uh, uh, fame. It's a Hall of participation it's not room. The hall it's of a, good. Elite, yeah, it's the elite of the elite, and that's how it should be. And I think I, I definitely think the uh, you know in football, there's a lot of really good players that are getting in, but I, I definitely think that some of them are not as good as maybe I think a Hall of Fame caliber player should be. And maybe I have high expectations, which is probably wrong. But, you know, but, I'm not but in I, for participation. I, 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 I think that, uh, I think that when, when it comes to <laughs> – is Matt <laughs> no, Ryan he's Hall not. of Fame caliber? <laughs> oh, I thought he was saying is Matt – Ryan, all right, geez, I need to stop drinking. Um, but I agree with you, Ryan. <laughs> um, I, I think that when it comes to the Hall of Fame, it like it needs to be like you think of their name and it's it it's very convincing. I don't know if Stafford has done that for me yet. Now, I'm not saying he could he get there. Get he there, could right? get there. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'd say, can... like this Super Bowl win is a good, promising start, but. Let's also keep in mind this team won the Super Bowl, but who got Super Bowl MVP? It wasn't Matt Stafford. <laughs> it was Cooper Cup. I and it, I thought it could have been Aaron Donald. Yes, I mean, I agree they don't with win you, that Ryan, game without but, Aaron Donald, but I mean, they don't win it without. We know how they feel about. Like, we know how they feel about defensive players in general. That they kind of shun them on, on those types of of votes. I don't. I don't remember the last time we've seen a defensive MVP for the league. The uh, well, the the league, but let alone the Super Bowl as well. Um, the Bucks, the Bucks Super Bowl, I think it was maybe. I'd have to look it up. The, for the Super Bowl, it's been more recent than the league. For the league, there's maybe a handful. I mean, yeah. go back to. Um, uh, oh no! It was the Seahawks. It was the Seahawks. It was that linebacker for the Seahawks when they won. Uh, he won MVP. Uh, that. Not not Bobby Wagner, not uh, not KJ Wright, but kind uh, of forget his name. But he ended up winning the MVP that year. I can't remember his name. When we think back to uh, the Patriots when they finally came back against the Falcons in that twenty-eight to three game, mm-hmm. um, this isn't a defensive player, but I, I thought James White should have been the MVP of that game. Right? I thought he did a lot more than Tom Brady. Just you know throwing it to him in the flat, but Tom Brady was still the, the MVP winner there. So, um, but no, I agree. Stafford, he has a chance, right? He, he's on a good team now, just won a Super Bowl. I want to see some all pros. I want to see some MVPs in a, in a season, and then maybe he could cement himself. But uh, at, at this current, current point, I, don't, I, I just can't, I can't get on board with that as, as well as, you know, whoever wins next, like, if we look at the state of the NFL right now, 
I think I'd only feel comfortable like maybe saying, I mean, obviously there's, there's Rogers and, and whatnot, but like younger players, I think I'd probably only feel safe saying Patrick Mahomes as um, hall of fame. And if, if he just craps the bed, then who knows, but and, and there's players with potential. Elite. Yeah. Yeah. There's players with potential. I mean, you got Mahomes, you have even like Josh Allen, I mean, if he keeps on this you know, trajectory, he can Lamar. get there. But like Lamar, you know, Lamar got the if, he, if he can, yep, if he can keep like if he can get his team to a Super Bowl and, and even win one, I mean, that would be huge for him. Um, I, I did look it up by the way. Von Miller actually was the last Super Bowl MVP. That was a defensive player, um, and then uh, in, in the chat oh, it was Jackson. Malcolm Smith. Yeah, that was yeah that was like oh three I think or oh four. But who was the other one, Dave? You have for defensive Super Bowl MVPs. These are just Super Bowl. Dexter Jackson, Super Bowl thirty seven. Uh okay. Ray Lewis, Super Bowl thirty five. Larry Brown, Super Bowl thirty. Cowboys. Richard Dent, Super Bowl twenty, the great Bears defense. Randy White, defensive tackle, and Harvey Martin, co. Defensive MVPs, Super Bowl twelve, Jackson Scott, safety, Miami Dolphins, Super Bowl seven. <sighs> yeah, then and then they, I think it was Malcolm Malcolm Steelers. Smith and Von Miller. Von Miller's not on here. Chuck Halley, linebacker, Dallas, Super Bowl five. That's it. Yeah, I, it looked, I mean, I don't. I just looked at That's uh, that's from the yeah. NFL's own site, NFL.com. Yeah, I literally well, thought I just looked it up. Yeah, ESPN, or I guess this is ESPN site. Most valuable players. Yeah, I mean, not that it really matters, but um, yeah, because I know for sure Malcolm Smith won it in uh, when the Seattle Seahawks won uh, over. I think it was the 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 um, Broncos, right. um, and then and then it says Von Miller won it with six tackles, two and a half sacks, and a pass defense in Super Bowl Fifty. But okay. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, either way, uh, again, it's incredibly hard to get to the uh, Hall of Fame. I don't think a Super Bowl win without you know MVPs, even Super Bowl MVPs and All Pros um, gets you there. So, who is the last defensive player to win MVP for the year award? It was a Viking player, wasn't it? Nope. One of them, Alan Page has. But it wasn't Alan Page. Alan Page that yeah. was before. Uh, Who was it? Ray Lewis? No, he didn't. Nope. Know him. LT, Lawrence Taylor. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Okay. Giants. Mm-hmm. 1986. Uh, Knockout Time asked who we think we should take, uh, or do I think we should take Booth Jr. with the first pick? I'm not going to talk draft stuff yet. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reel you in to come back later uh, in March because after free agency opens this show is going to be very very draft heavy with a lot of draft experts hopping on um uh so we're going to hold off on the draft uh, talk for now but i am intrigued and i've been able to i've been able to dive in a little bit so hopefully i'll be able to provide some insights a little bit more than i have been up to this point i got started late on my my drafts uh evaluations of players and stuff um but i've been diving in I've made my way through um, quite a bit of the edge class, corner class. I'm like halfway through what I want to look at. Um, I've uh, I've done some work on safeties. I've done some work on basically every major need that we have, including receiver. So um, I need to dive in a little bit deeper in uh, almost every other area outside of edge. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about being able to talk to, to about some people once we get to that on the show. Perfect. I need, I need to start catching up as well, but, uh, we're closing in on the end of the show here. Um, we've kind of talked about a few different things. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we, we call it anything on um, your minds, anything, anything happening, anything you want to get off your chest? 
I, I, you know, obviously the O'Connell news became official, which is amazing. And then it seems like we're bringing in some really good talent. Uh, again, I don't know. I don't know anything about coaches, I guess. I mean, I don't know who's a great coach and who's not, but it seems like O'Connell's bringing in some of his Half buddies the from Rams the Rams. Staff. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have the, we have, I think, like a DB coach coming over, hopefully. Uh, we have the running backs coach coming into OC potentially. Do you want me to go yeah. through the coaches that have been – Listed? Feel Dave, free. If you, yeah, if yeah. you have them, do it. Oh, I have. Them. Do you have a screen grab too? I have uh, images. Um. All right, we'll start from the bottom of my list, and the newest one. This is offensive assistant. All of them, Andrew. All of them. Um, trying to remember his name. Last name's O'Hare. Uh, Chris O'Hare is this guy. Okay. And it looks his like title, a for this title was offensive assistant. That tells me he's coffee boy. Um, and I will probably refer oh to God. him as coffee boy. Uh, but we'll find out. Then you have offensive uh, coordinator candidate number two on the list, Thomas Brown. He was the Rams running back. Um, coach and running back coordinator, and he, uh, it was put out today or yesterday, O'Connell wants to bring him in as a possible OC. I'm going out of order here. We have DB coach and pass game, defensive pass game coordinator, uh, Jonathan Cooley. And that's all you can see. All these guys are wearing blue from the Rams. Our defensive coordinator is going to be Ed Donatel from. The- Shout out to Chad Graff for dropping that scoop here on the show, what, yep. three weeks ago. And he is a Vic Fangio protege. That's where we're looking to move to the 3 4, but you can disregard. We play a lot of that. We had played a lot of the techniques already. We have players that can play that. That's not a big deal. You're going to see matched fronts, and you're going to see a different type of back-end um, defense. D-line coach is uh, Chris Rumpf. He's from Chicago. He's replacing Andre Peterson. Of course. Which, head, which by the way. Head coach, Kevin O'Connell. That, that's a big loss for the Vikings. I thought Andre so. Patterson leaving. Is, 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 a, is a very big loss for the Vikings. But one thing I want to say about coaches coming in and coaches coming out is it's, it's a new regime. It's, everything's new. And so as is, is, is sad as it is to see some of these guys go, I think that we have to trust this new staff, this new regime, that they're bringing in the right guys that they feel are, are the best fit. So um, – Sad to see Andre Patterson go, but I, I do think that uh, uh, we'll, we should be okay, hopefully. Uh, running backs coach and uh, possible run game coordinator, Chris Modkins. He's from the Broncos. You have O-line coach uh, and running game coordinator also, uh, Chris Cooper. K-U-P-E-R. And, and, and apparently he is a uh, highly touted. Like, I, I don't know much, right? Like, again, I only know who they're connected to and how that maybe affects how they do it. But he's a Mike Munchak protege. And Mike Munchak is highly regarded as maybe the best, if not top two, top three offensive uh, line coach in the country. So um, that's a, definitely a huge win, I think. Yep. Yeah. And uh, – as Ian and Kirk said, Cousins is in the chat tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, as Ian said, uh, Keenan McCardell is the only Vikings coach that has been retained that we've heard of. And well, also hey, Adam Zimmermite. <laughs> no, I no no. We were lit- we he we literally just kicked him to the curb. Like um, it wasn't even like a thing. <laughs> like where he went to go get another job, he literally just got released. And uh, possible OC candidate, uh, Wes Phillips. And there is word today that both Wes Phillips and Thomas Brown may come over. Which one officially gets the OC job? I don't know. 
But literally, I think they're saying uh, Wes Phillips will do the tight ends. Is I think what I said. He's also the tight ends coach. Yes, but yeah. we also have a tight ends coach. Um, or, uh, on the list. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, Brian Angelicio, good Italian boy. He's uh, he's bounced around the league. He's formerly with the Panthers. He's was with the Packers and I want to say Broncos, maybe. One of, there was another team he was with. Hey, Dave, do you have like a an applause sound? Like do you like can you pull up like an applause sound? I don't know how easy that is for you. There's a small applause. If you're no, that's perfect. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, like Dave made all those pictures that you saw come across the screen and so you could play it for yourself again if you want but i just <laughs> want to give kudos where it's due right like that, that that's impressive stuff so well my favorite one for today was this one because i spent some time finding and putting a uniform on him um <laughs> <laughs> but well for next week maybe you could do kyler and uh and baker, baker possibly, Mayfield as well possibly 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 <laughs> Um, we don't want we don't want me getting too excited, guys. We, we I don't need that well, image yeah. in my head. Yeah, we might have to change the rating I, on the YouTube. Hey, but, explicit. But you know what? It 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 was nice to see him take that picture with Justin Jefferson and Chris Boyd. <laughs> um, that's funny. But that that's is, who uh, that's who been have been mentioned in the the Vikings Twitter sphere, uh, blogosphere, everywhere else as possible head coaches that everybody wants to bring in and look at. So you can guarantee a bunch of those guys are going to be the guys we'll find out. First, we've got to have tomorrow's press conference, and then we'll start hearing, you know, this guy signed his contract, this guy signed his contract, this guy signed it, and we'll tick them off as we go, and then we'll get their pictures in purple. Like tomorrow we'll get their pictures of, you know, Kevin O'Connell and his official Viking attire. And we'll go yeah, it's exciting. It is. It is very exciting. It's uh, it's the new regime is finally set with the head coach and GM who appear to be on the same page. And as we know, that is very important. So, so uh, I don't have anything left for this week. Um, we kind of flew by the seat of our pants, mainly because a lot of our guests uh, had to shuffle around the schedule. But what I can say. Uh, for tonight, <laughs> uh, I, I just saw a comment from, from somebody. Uh, I'll let you know after the show, Ryan, where I got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just throwing me off my game here. What I can say is next week, we're, we're diving into a bunch of speculation, right? We, we know who the head coach is, know who the GM is. We'll hear from uh, Kevin O'Connell tomorrow, kind of get a feel for what he's thinking about this team. Rumors are starting to swirl up. Uh, combines right around the corner. So next week, he is shifted from this week to next week, but Will Ray it's from Sports Illustrated, will be on next week, followed by the week after that, Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune will be on. One of the one, Another person who's very plugged in to the Minnesota Vikings here uh, in the Twin Cities. We have an opening uh, March 9th, not quite sure yet, who it's going to be might Matt be Matthew Collar. Yeah, it might be Matthew Collar. Mm-hmm. It might be an NFL agent talking all Ooh. about the behind the scenes of how free agency works, NFL draft, how teams approach uh, agents and, and players about restructuring con- uh, contracts. So stay tuned for that. And then it's still a month out, uh, but Darren Doogie Wolfson might be here on the 16th to talk all things uh, free agency. So we're not done. And like I said earlier, right after the 16th, draft coverage on this show will ramp up immensely to get you guys caught up to speed uh, on everything draft prospects that are coming up. So um, if if you haven't yet, please head over to our YouTube channel, click like, click subscribe, share with your friends, um, rate us. Tell us how you think we're doing. Um, we try to respond to all comments on on YouTube. If if you have a concern or or just a 
accolade or, or whatever. So, uh, Steve, I'll try and get Ian Rappaport. Don't know if that one will quite work. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Now, but, uh, a suggestion for fans to start looking at. All right, we don't have a lot of money to spend. Obviously, as of right now, we're over to cap. We have the draft coming up, but we know there's not enough draft choices to select and fill the team that we're going to have to bring in some free agents. The free agent class is going to be fat, and a lot of people that usually get paid good money are going to be had for a little bit cheaper because there are so many of them because there's so many teams that are at or near the cap. So you might want to look to see who's coming up as a free agent. Oh, we will get that covered, Dave. I mm-hmm. I got some plans for the next couple of weeks, so we'll, we'll we'll talk through some scenarios. So just get ready. Um, it, it will for sure be fun. So everybody in the chat, I, I appreciate you hopping in tonight. Uh, we'll get we'll get some good guests next week and, and moving forward. Uh, Ryan, thank you for hopping on again. Dave, thanks for coming out and producing and. Uh, I don't know if you have a spiel for the weekend or, or if yeah, Flip there's and no are be more live shows no. the rest of this week until Saturday when myself and Darren and two old bloggers come back on live. However, you can probably expect a daily sit rep sometime after tomorrow's introductory press conference. I'm sure somebody in the group will want to come up and give their opinion and thoughts on the whole idea. And uh, absolutely, so be be on the lookout for those. Sweet. Uh, Ryan, send us off. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it on Skull. you. Skull Vikings. Let's go, guys. <laughs> Skull, everyone. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.